Okay. Um, I don't even. This is this is weird because normally I don't do an intro for the second one. Okay. But this second one is a continuation of the first one, so I don't know if I should. I, I don't know. So sure, let's do. Uh, hello, and again, welcome to Bit Depth. I'm Santiago Ramones. And I'm Billy. <laughs> no, Whoa, I'm okay. Doctor Pants. Yeah. David Broyles. Um, still across from me because, mm-hmm. uh, this is, I mean, that's how we do things, but, um, we didn't finish the first one because I asked too many questions and he I gives too many answers. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the second half of the podcast, I get into the really deeper, broader philosophical questions. Right. So I always start with, what is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? (sighs) (laughs) It's a hard one to answer these days. Um, I I think, well, for the past... Seventeen or so <laughs> years, I have self-identified as Christian, but I don't know. It didn't take long. Like it didn't take long. It didn't take. I didn't get very far into those seventeen years where I felt like I had to start uh, uh, offering that identification with certain caveats. Um, I think that these days, well, and I should say, before that, I grew up a Unitarian Universalist, which I don't know if you're familiar with that. (laughs) I know the term universalist. I'm not as familiar with the term unitarian. Okay. Well, really at this point in history and in the history of Unitarian Universalism, <laughs> um, that church and that sort of you know overall religious body sort of just really serves, and uh, there may be some of my uu friends and uh people who are you know uu clergy or whoever who might disagree with this in some way but my perception certainly (laughs) growing up and and to this day is sort of that that community can kind of serves as sort of like a catch-all community for people of various sort of like liberal religious ideas mm-hmm. um and who don't feel like they fit anywhere else. Yeah. Um there were pro- there were people in the Unitarian Universalist Church who probably identify as atheist. Yeah. But then there are others who probably identify as more maybe not atheist, maybe secular humanist or maybe agnostic or maybe, but then at the same time, there are also people who, I mean, there are maybe even people in the UU faith community who skew towards, you know, things like Wicca or, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it's, and so it's, it, it was, it was certainly, but it's, but they've always been a community that wanted, you know, the, that celebrated diversity on every level. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they were, they were welcoming congregations for the LGBTQ, et cetera, whatever community mm-hmm. long before most, you know, mainline Christian churches started yeah, yeah. to kind of turn that direction. And um, and so and what became clear to me probably four or five years into my life as a quote unquote Christian was that like I was never there was never going to be anything about my, like there was never going to be a time in my life spiritually where whatever I believed and however I operated wasn't somehow informed by that upbringing. Yeah. Um, 
which was an incredibly freeing thing mm. to come to terms with because, um, you know, you, it, it was a unique enough experience, but also, you know, carried with it enough sort of like formative sort of ideas that like there were things that, you know, I certainly believed and still believe that I, I do not think are incompatible with Christianity, but at the same time, some people might, may, might argue that there are issues there or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, you know, and <laughs> I, so, but I think it's, it's important for me to keep in mind that like, no, there's, I just, you know, you can take, I, you can take the, the man out of UUism, but you can't necessarily take all the UUism out of the man. <laughs> um, and so, now the in terms of sort of like a more strict definition like the uh, the the word unitarian comes from um like the idea that it is not trinitarian like they mm. are identifying themselves as not they are not they are identifying themselves as people who do not necessarily acknowledge the divinity of Jesus and do mm. not acknowledge, like if there is a God, like they acknowledge sort of like the idea of the God being the one being as opposed to the three beings or sure. whatever. And then you said you were familiar with the idea of universalism. Universalism is the idea that like, well, if there is some sort of salvation or afterlife, like, you know, Everyone we're, we're all going yes. to the same place or mm. whatever. And so... But then from there, they sort of, you know, used sort of those. And the, there was originally there was Unitarianism and there was Universalism. And then they came together and became this <laughs> thing. And like, but then from there, like eventually, it just like I said, it kind of became this sort of springboard for like this overall sort of like liberal religious um, community. And mm. and it depends on where you go. Like I, in the, <laughs> down here in the Bible Belt, um <laughs> My Unitarian church that I grew up with, which is, you know, still exists. It's at Northwest 13th and Dewey down in, you know, where what we call Midtown now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were a lot of people in that community who were really skittish of the idea of like ever acknowledging the idea of God as any sort of certainty. Sure. Like, whereas it's like, well, we got to be careful there because, you know, we don't want to, you know, it's like some of us are more comfortable with that than others and blah, 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 blah. And like, mm -hmm. whereas like a friend of mine who, uh, she grew up UU in Texas, but then uh, moved to Chicago for college and a good chunk of her adult life after that. And, you know, she was like, she's like, they talk about God a lot more up here and the Unitarian church is here. And like, hmm. um, and everybody's a lot more comfortable with the idea of like Supreme being at whatever, like it's not, yeah. no, it's not Jesus or whatever, but like, but you know, and, but there, and then I think there's, you know, of course there's also this idea of like, you know, sort of the more pluralistic idea of like, well, you know, um, you know, it comes from the universalism thing of like, well, you yeah. know, everybody... You know, you can believe what you want to believe about blah, 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 and, you know, et cetera. Um, so anyway, it's interesting that, like, some so – there's there are regional differences yeah, yeah. in terms of how people <laughs> – how comfortable people in the UU community are with the idea of God. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> since the, the, the day, moment, whatever, where I decided that um, – like I think, well, there was a time. There was certainly a time in my the time in my life where, like, I gravitated towards Christianity was like a time where, for me in my life at that point, the excuse me, the open ended nature of UUism was not cutting it for me, mm. um, and I needed something more concrete and more structured mm -hmm. uh, in terms of belief system in in my life at that time, and I felt and there were just a number of factors that were sort of leading me in that direction. And, and so that's where I ended up now. And I, I certainly, and I, and there, and I don't, I don't know that it would be, I don't think it's inaccurate, at least at this point to still, you know, call myself a Christian because I feel like I still, you know, acknowledge the, um, uh, sort of the 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 undeniable like validity and um 
uh, sort of, oh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, like, <laughs> but, you know, the teachings of Jesus seem to still, like those, if you're, you know, people talk about the, there's a term that sort of has started flying around in the last little while, that the term uh, red letter Christian, hmm. which is mm-hmm. like the people who are like, no, we're really just focused, we're really focused on those red letters in certain pressings of the Bible where like the stuff that Jesus says yeah. is in red letters. And like, I think there's a part of me that feels like, well, I'm definitely kind of closer to that category mm. at this point. Um, there, I don't know if there is, and then there, there are people within, you know, the wider body of Christianity who are, you know, pushing a universalist idea at this point too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like the, I think the guy like Rob Bell, like has, I basically, I think kind of come out as being, you know, universalist, Mm -hmm. but, but still considers himself Christian. I don't, I don't know if I could say for sure that that's where I am at this point, but I, (laughs) Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot about, there's certainly, there's certainly a lot about sort of the more conservative aspects of Christianity that, you know, rubs me the wrong way. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that that is, that is sort of, you know, you're interpreting things in a way that I feel like is, it does more harm than good. And it's not, it's not helping people. And if like, there's one thing that I think Jesus wanted to do, it was help people. And so, and I think that, so that's, that's definitely sort of the general sort of spot I find myself in and I, it's still working itself out a little bit at a time. I, um, Oh, there was something else. There was another thought there. <laughs> um, it's kind, con- you know, it, 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 you know, it's 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 a it's a crazy, a hard thing to talk about. Uh, sometimes I think that. Well, and then from there, like certainly, and I don't know. I don't know if my in laws are going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I, you know, certainly the the aligning of the more conservative um, aspects of Christianity with, with the, with, with the idea of, of, of Donald Trump being an acceptable leader, but not Mm. only an acceptable leader, but a leader that is allegedly, you know, (laughs) endorsed Mm. by God or whatever, like is sort of certifiably certifiable insanity to me. And I just, I can't, I can't really, I, I cannot make those connections and I yeah. don't, uh, I, I, I worry about the, I mean, I, you know, I feel like there are just some really, really major leaps that have to happen there to, mm-hmm. to make that even a tenable position. And I just, and so I certainly the, there were, I was, I was, I was in a shaky spot with some of it before that, but then that, <laughs> that was, that made things even shakier. But I think that, but I, you know, I, I try and just be sort of like, you know, it's just wherever, wherever my I'm at is, is, is okay. And it's all a journey anyway. And, um, you know, if, if, if I'm still trying to, um, you know, be someone who, who loves other people and you know, you always, there's always places where you, you fail to do that. But, um, if I'm, if I'm doing that, then like, okay, well, all right, I'm, I'm kind of doing the, I think what I think is the most important part. And then from there it's, it's like, okay, we can just, we can put some of that other stuff on the back burner and maybe eventually it'll work. Some of it works. (laughs) Some of it'll work itself out. I don't know. Long, long answer to your question. But, uh, (laughs) Um, so I, I can tell that you're a very compassionate person. Um, so where does that compassion come from? I, well, I mean, I was, I was raised to be compassionate. I mean, I was raised by parents who were generally compassionate. I mean, every... Every person who, I mean, I think, I mean, I try and be compassionate, compassionate. And of course there, every, every person who even like tries to practice compassion, like runs into moments where for some reason it's like, and that's where my compassion (laughs) ran out. Um, and you know, I think that, 
my parents would say, and uh, that, you know, and I have had, we, they've had moments where their compassion ran out. Um, but I, I was raised by compassionate people and, and I, and I don't know, I, um, and I think that, and maybe there were some, I think there were some formative experiences sort of growing up that kind of helped me realize what compassion really looked like and what sort of, uh, and I think, whereas, you know, maybe I, <laughs> moments where I thought like, well, this seems like the way things should be. And then, you know, people would come along and be like, but that doesn't really work for me yeah. because this is, and this, I'd be like, Oh, okay. I, Maybe I need to rethink this, and and I think the end result of some of those things was well, okay, we we need to try and err on the side of that as much as we can, mm -hmm. and um, I, you know, and 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 it just never, rarely does like rarely does sort of like a major sort of uh, issue or um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, sort of major issue or, 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 or conflict of any kind or, right. or anything like that come across my field of vision where the answer does not at least appear to me to be, well, the more compassion would help. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I mean, I, and, and it, so the, I, just the longer I live, the more it becomes clear to me that like, well, that seems to be the answer mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And I think that, I mean, and there are some people who are like, well, the answer is Jesus. Well, it's like, well, what is, you know, what, what would <laughs> Jesus say? He would say, well, you know, like, you know, love them, be compassionate, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Like, and, and so I think that it just, yeah, just as, uh, and I was compassionate before I started identifying as Christian. And so it was, it wasn't a big leap to be like, and we're going to, you know, really try and practice this, <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Um, and so, so yeah, I, that's, I don't know. That's the best answer I have for that yeah, question. Yeah. I can't remember I can't remember never. I can't remember a time where I didn't sort of like at least edge in that direction. Like mm -hmm. certainly childhood is challenging, and there you know you're always there's always things that you're learning. You know how to how to to approach things compassionately as a kid. But uh, but uh, but I just you know I was lucky. I was lucky to have mm. parents that I feel like maybe taught and modeled that well. Yeah. Um, so, um, sort of a more. I guess I don't know if it's a specific question, but uh how does someone be good? <laughs> um, morally good in God. Dr. Pants's book. Morally good. <laughs> I I don't know, don't be a dick. I, <laughs> I I it's you know, I don't that's such a um it's it can be such a uh loaded question or like you feel like any answer you give is going to end up being perceived as a loaded answer by somebody. I, I think that, um, you know, doing your best not to hurt people mm. either physically or emotionally, like that's about as close as most people are going to get. Mm. Like, and I think that unfortunately, You know, I think mo the the biggest problem for me and the 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 place where um, a lot of the place where uh, you know for me a lot of what um, certain sections of the church teach about certain things and the way and the way those things are sort of perceived or received mm -hmm. by people outside of that world, like you know, it's it's that's where things really start to fall apart because it's like if if people are really hung up on um you know it's like well you know 
on aspects of, you know, sexuality or whatever it is, not just, you know, orientation or anything like that, but like, you know, <laughs> when you should have sex and who you should have <laughs> sex with and blah, blah, blah. Like, right. I, you know, all that kind of thing is, it just, you know, it just clouds the conversation or it just mucks mm -hmm. things up without, you know, so much. And people don't, it's like when I think, you know, some people would argue, well, it's like, well, but there's that. And then, you know, but we're also about the love and the whatever. But like, I think that there's an aspect of like truly sort of, you know, prioritizing, um, you know, wanting to, to, to love and be compassionate with people that sort of does sort of make some of those other things sort of melt away. And like, it certainly makes, makes many of them secondary. It makes a lot of them, you know, tertiary or, <laughs> or let, or, you know, further. Um, and so, I, you know, I, and there are, there, um, there are people who would argue, well, you know, your, your idea of like, you know, not doing harm to anybody that's, you know, it's too, it's too permissive or it's too this or that or whatever. But mm. like, but ultimately, you know, I think that we have, we have a limit. We're just limited in our capacity as human beings. And there's not the, uh, if we, if we can, if we, we can't, there's only so much we can focus on at any given time. And, and so if you're going to focus on something like focus on, you know, being kind and, and, and not hurting people because ultimately like that's probably the, about the, the, it's about probably the best thing that you can do. And it's going to, you know, if trying to focus on all these other things that are supposedly morality issues or whatever, in addition mm -hmm. to that, like eventually somewhere you're going to lose sight of the plot. Like yeah. that's just kind of, that's just my, but that's, that's my personal opinion. I'm sure there are a lot of people yeah, yeah. who would disagree with that, um, but like, but it seems, it seems to me, it's like, there's, there's only, there's only so much we could possibly be capable of within mm -hmm. our limited human means. And so like, it seems like that, that should be the priority. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and always the qualifier that like, these are your opinions. Absolutely. Is, like, absolutely. Not only just your opinions, but your opinions at this point in time. So <laughs> yes. it's like, I come back next week. <laughs> oh, forget everything I said. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh yeah, here's, here's my, my straightforward questions okay. before I get onto more, of uh, vague topics. Although, the straightforward questions are still pretty vague in themselves. Uh, God question mark. <laughs> I mean, generally probably like <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say that at this point I would still identify as a, a theist in some manner. I don't, mm. I think that there's a lot of, um, people need to do a lot of work in terms of, uh, you know, uh, really, um, <laughs> really sort of, uh, uh, internalizing and uh, some of the things that they say they believe about God, like, uh, if, and I think that there's no, I, I certainly don't believe that, that God is in by, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, definitively a, a he of any kind. Mm -hmm. I don't, but I mean, I, but I still generally most of the time, yeah, the answer <laughs> would be yes, probably. Um, uh, and then the other one is a uh, free will question mark. Also, yes, <laughs> weirdly enough. And that, that, that is, that you know with the full awareness of like the potential um uh mucky muck and, <laughs> and contradictions that those two yeses mm -hmm. entail i i'm i i try and be someone who doesn't necessarily feel like i have to have all the answers which is hard mm -hmm. um 
you know, a lot of, uh, um, a lot of, I think a lot of what drives sort of the, the, uh, the UU people is the idea of like, well, don't, you know, if something, if, if you can't reconcile something and make some, make sense of something, if you feel like you don't necessarily have the answer, then, then you can't still allege to have the answer. Like, but like, and, but at the same time, like, the older I get, the more the clearer it is to me that like life possesses this life in this world, this existence possess inherent contradictory things, <laughs> and and that and sometimes those things can literally can mm-hmm. coexist mm-hmm. And, and 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 not necessarily screw anything up if if you don't you know <laughs> constantly poke them with a stick or whatever. I light is a wave and a particle. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and that's a good example. But like, I think that. Um, There's no doubt that, like, it's very clear to me that you know choices I've made have led me to where I am. Mm. Um, And then there are other moments where it also feels clear to me that, like, there's there was some sort of, you know, it's possible there was some sort of outside influence. Like, and so I don't. But at the same time, but I don't think it, it. it, my own personal experience does not lead me to believe that those things have to be mutually exclusive. Sure. Um, as, as, as weird and as logic defying as that experience <laughs> is, but who's, whose experience uh, in their life is a hundred percent, you know, illogical. I don't think anybody's, <laughs> you know, I, by the time I was, you know, 18, I had seen and heard any number of things that I didn't necessarily have an explanation for. And mm-hmm. so it was, that's, I think that definitely is something that I remembered and have remembered my whole life. It's like, eh, you've seen some shit that doesn't really, doesn't really, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure how to explain what, what that was. And so I think that that, you know, that, that helps kind of keep me weirdly, weirdly grounded yeah, in, yeah. in the idea of inherent contradiction or whatever. Sure. <laughs> Um, so we were talking about Trump and such and, um, so one, it's, how do you feel about how the political climate and also just social climate or whatever has, has been lately? And what do you think we can do to try to improve that? Um, I mean, it, it is, there is no doubt that for me that like the past year and a half, especially has like, even in a, in, in, in my life where there already were already any number of things that were, that were difficult, like, Mm -hmm you know, getting out of bed every morning in, in a, in a world where some of the, some of the stuff that has been happening is happening has, has sort of been increasingly difficult on some level. I, I don't, you know, I hope that, um, I hope that there is at least, if not an an end in sight, um, in terms of you know hopefully you know potential um, you know criminal investigations <laughs> finding their way to a, a satisfying end. If there's not something there, there is. I I have hope that there at least is a. Um, some sort of counterbalance coming in terms of, you know, maybe a, a shift in the legislative branch come November. I, um, cause you know, there's at least gotta be like, we got it. We, you know, our, that, that's this, the, 
this the judicial branch of the federal government doesn't <laughs> totally suck at this point, but like, um, but the but we've got to at least get some some balance and some things you know back in order in order to sort of try and kind of minimize mm-hmm. the damage in these last couple of years of 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 this presidential term and i think that I, I it's i i don't it's hard because like in a in a world where you know i went into election night in 2016 certain that there was no way that guy would win <laughs> Like, and then he did like, it's, it's scary to be like, okay, well, if not this, then this, or, and then if not this, then this, (laughs) like you, you kind of can go down the list of like, okay, well, if, if he's, if he doesn't get indicted and is, is forced to resign, then, uh, we can maybe, you know, create some, some balance by electing different Congress people, (laughs) <laughs> this in, for in midterms, but then, but then, if that doesn't happen, then at, at the very least, you know, we'll vote him out, and he won't get a second term. Like, but the, and you know, but, but then after that, it's like, but if not that, then, <laughs> then what? Like, you know, uh, you know, violent re- revolution, and he is deposed. Like, I don't have any idea. Like, sure. and so, um. And I try, and it's oh, the the hardest part of it, all of it for me is the fact that like because I'm a white male, and especially because I'm a white male who like uh, is in a somewhat I'm in a I'm in a little bit of a privileged position financially because of of my wife's family and because she works for their family business and things like this. And it is, I can turn off Facebook Mm -hmm. and not read about necessarily everything that's going on. And for the most part, my life continues undisturbed. Mm. Um, And so alternately, I am either um, sort of psychologically battered because I'm making the choice to not do that <laughs> and not operate out of my privilege, or I finally get to the point where it's too much and I have to turn it off for a couple of weeks and I, you know, mm-hmm. beat myself up every day for like basically taking advantage of my privilege. Like, and, and so. And that's, you know, and that's, that's, it's the hard, and I've talked to any number of people who they, they totally, they, they feel the exact same way. You know, they're like, it's, you know, I could turn it off and like, and I, and it wouldn't immediately affect me, you know, to not know, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, being, it's like, if you're, you know, if you're a, a white male or even a white female, like it's, it doesn't it's it's not dangerous for you to not know about ice and all that scary shit you mm-hmm. know because you're not like you know increasing the chances of of getting surprised by some sort of you know you know dude at your door trying to freaking deport you like mm-hmm. and um and i think that but, but it's just incredibly fucked up, and I, I'm sorry. I don't know how you feel about profanity. I did the S, S word earlier, you and can now say like, anything. And that, but it's like finally, it's like I can't, I can't say it any other way. I, <laughs> I, and so, um, so yeah. So it's on the one hand, like, yeah, it's just a constant struggle between, like, you know, like. It's like I want to try and preserve whatever I can of like my mental health and like there are, <laughs> there are steps that I can take that like, oh, I'm a better, you know, husband and father today because I read less Facebook. But like, yeah. but I'm, but the, but then it's like, and yeah, you're lucky that you can read less Facebook mm-hmm. and it doesn't, you know, put you in any danger to be mm-hmm. less aware, you know, and or less news or whatever it is. And so... Um, so yeah, it's very, very strange. And I, I, I hope that, 
like I said, I hope it's like, if it's hope it's this, then if it's not that, then it'll be this. <laughs> and, and, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what we do if, if we get to, you know, November, 2020 and somehow mm-hmm. like that asshole still isn't out of there. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what we do then. Um, uh, but yeah. So I don't know. I think that I, I don't know if I answered the question. <laughs> it's something, um, on a different note. And I've been trying to tell myself to ask this question more, okay. uh, because we find ourselves faced with that fear anxiety or whatever it might be. I try and inject a little bit more positivity into sure. the podcast by asking what makes you happy? <laughs> um, uh, finding, finding the time to, to, to write music makes me happy. Um, my children make me happy when they're not being <laughs> complete pains. That one, one of the, for the benefit of the listening audience, one of the, my daughter is five and a half, and my son just turned three. Mm. Um, and in the words of uh, another uh, family that we met um, at the Curvo Folk Festival a couple weeks ago, we are still quote very much in the thick of it. Mm. Um, like they, they have, uh, three kids and I think the youngest one is like 10 or 11 or something like yeah. that. And they're like, Oh, we're past all that now. Like they, mm. she's, they're like, they, you know, a lot of our life just kind of like works on autopilot and like yeah, yeah. they, you know, they will get, if they get hungry, they sometimes even, you know, they feed themselves some mm. of the time, you know, like that kind of thing. And whereas like in our life, it's like, okay, no, you know, every every meal time has to be a <laughs> conscious effort on the part of the parent to make the sure the child gets fed, and every um, you know all the you know the bedtime is very much a you know a routine that both my wife and I have to be like focused and involved in. But anyway, <laughs> all that to say that, but they're incredible kids, and they are you know they already do amazing things, and and um, and it's. And and I find and now and when especially after like uh, you know again post grad school and all that mm. that like you know there's a part of me that's like I you know the the insanity of trying to do that with two kids <laughs> that were the ages they were like I in the wake in the wake of that being over like I'm finding you know more reserves in myself in terms of being a more present parent and. So, but that ultimately, you know, it's like, like so many things, it's like, you know, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Mm. And so, so that, that's definitely the case there. Certainly listening to music makes me happy, uh, (laughs) because I'm of the generation I am like digging around and like, (laughs) like, obtaining music makes me Mm. happy probably on a level maybe that it shouldn't (laughs) um uh you know like i get i get probably a very unhealthy amount of pleasure out of just like you know beholding my itunes library (laughs) oh look at all this great stuff like (laughs) um uh but certainly you know like uh engaging in other, you know, or like enjoying other creative things, both, or I mean, or like enjoying other forms of art makes me happy Mm. films and haven't, haven't, um, read as much in the past few years. I like, I've typically been at least at most points in my adult life of, um, a reader of things of novels Mm. and things like that. Um, and I, and I, and I just love sort of, I love hearing about, I hearing about other people doing creative work makes me happy and like seeing and seeing my students do creative work makes me Mm. happy. And, um, uh, and then, and, and on some, and then, yeah. And my job makes me happy. Like I really do love doing what I'm doing and, um, and so, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty lucky that like, there's a lot of 
the stuff, a lot of the stuff that I get to do on a regular basis mm. is stuff that I enjoy and is, and does good things for, for me. And it certainly wasn't always that way. And, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and so, so yeah, yeah, all those, all those things. Um, <laughs> this isn't anything important right no (laughs) um last thing that i have is uh what advice do you have for people hmm um you know be nice um i think you know be nice be kind um you know be compassionate if possible um I think it's interesting. I was talking to some people last night and talking about how the social structures in our world have sort of reached sort of this crisis point of like, you know, like, um, you know, basically we all, all of us have sort of kind of become more isolated and, and you can argue about like, well, you know, there are people, there are, you know, there are things about certainly like social media and all that stuff and the internet that have made me feel less alone and less lonely in this world. But then for a lot of people, it works the other way and mm-hmm. all that. And like the idea that like, you know, however many years ago, uh, 75 hundred years ago, whatever, like that, you know, the, the neighborhood in an American city was like the main social construct and then mm-hmm. people knew their neighbors and whatever. <laughs> that being said, like, I totally acknowledge that like, you know, at this point in time, you know, they're just, the, we're acknowledging the idea of social anxiety and that, you know, nobody should be forced to be in certain social situations (laughs) if they don't want to be, Mm. you know, I think, but my, 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 it's like, be, be kind, be nice, be compassionate and, and love people and interact with people as best you can within your, you know, within your ability, um, from that perspective. Um, uh, don't, yeah, don't be afraid to, um, actively pursue the life that you want mm-hmm. um, because you know for a lot of us that's really that's the only way that we're gonna get it or get any of it and we may not we may not ever get like the whole life that we want but mm-hmm. certainly it's like getting part of the life that you want is better better than not getting any of the life that yes. you want <laughs> and and so 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 go after it and don't let things like you know, um, <laughs> don't let things like logic or, uh, you know, perceived realities, you know, stop you because a lot of it is just perception and it's not necessarily, doesn't necessarily have to be true a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> um, and yeah. And, and that, and, but that, and that covers a lot of ground, like mm-hmm. the life you want, uh, socially, the life you want, um, in terms of, you know, uh, the uh, romantic relationship or relationships, the life that you want as, you know, career wise, the life that you want, um, in terms of just your interests or, you know, whatever it is like it, like there, that's a lot of, there, are, it covers a lot of ground. Mm. Um, so <laughs> yeah, then and that, yeah. So I think that covers it in terms cool. of what advice I would give people. <laughs> Uh, given that this is the second podcast and, uh, I try and make the second one a little bit more conversational, but this one ended up being sure an interview continuation. Right. Uh, it's, I guess, force a conversationalness. Do you have any questions for me? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm always, I'm, you know, I'd be curious to know your answers to any number of the things that we just talked about. (laughs) I, um, I wonder sort of like if you, um, like I know, like, you know, you're, 
so you're, I mean, you're pursuing a master's in composition. Mm-hmm. You're still do, sticking with composition. Mm-hmm. We haven't changed our minds or anything like that. Um, <laughs> what, uh, like, do you have any, do you have goals in mind in terms of like the stuff that you want to, the stuff you want to write before it's over the, before the master's is over? Or like, are you sort of like willing to sort of like, you know, let your ship sail where, you know, where it's, where it's sent by, you know, teachers or whatever, <laughs> or, um, it's a little of both, actually. I I have goals uh, as far as I have, like, lists of things that I'm like, I have an idea mm. of something that I want to eventually make. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be as simple as a piano piece. Right. Or as complex as uh, I have this series of pieces that I've been doing through uh, my first semester mm-hmm. of my master's which is uh i call it machinations but it's like a sort of black mirror through music uh and so like black mirror is a uh it tells different stories but also just like self-contained right yeah. um and so my machination series is telling stories in technology and the future uh, through musical ideas. Um, and so I have those that are sort of sending me on a path. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already done three and I'm working on a fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was just like machine sounds. The second one was an AI uh waking up and achieving sentience and then becoming a god. Right. Uh the third was a story of androids rebelling uh to sort of get to heaven. There's a whole longer story hmm. behind that. Uh <laughs> and then this fourth one that I'm working on is a uh uh almost Gregorian chant like piece that is uh, a post-apocalyptic cult that worships a computer. Hmm. (laughs) Um, So I have those ideas trailing me forward that I'm like, whenever I get more inspirations for those, I'll keep moving forward on. Mm -hmm. Um, But then other stuff that's just like piano piece. Do that. Uh, Yeah. No, no, no parameters. Per se, yeah, 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 right, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it's it's a bit of those things. And next semester, I'm taking uh, technically three composition classes because <laughs> uh, I'm insane. But because <laughs> uh, I'm doing like composition with Dr. McGrill, uh-huh. I'm doing uh, electroacoustic with Dr. With White, Dr. White, and right. I'm doing jazz composition. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't hit that. I probably should have hit that. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I have those creative goals. I think just generally artistically, um, I'm more latching onto the idea of wanting to tell stories mm-hmm. with music, whether or not they be my story of my life or just right. hypothetical stories or fiction or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, that's sort of been my inspiration for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really inspired by like, uh, clipping and, uh, Janelle Monet mm-hmm. and Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. And so like these people, uh, that, not only just make music, but also create a whole story, a whole experience, a whole, uh, thing. And that's, that's kind of what I'm going for with music. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a long winded way of No, sure. Yes. I have things. (laughs) And that's, yeah, it's interesting. I, that's, that's, yeah, the storytelling aspect definitely is appealing for me sometimes too, but I think that that's, also part of the thing, one of the things that I love about music is like, yeah, I could 
consciously choose to tell a story, but I don't have to. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I can still, you know, make all these things happen, and mm-hmm. they can, to- you know, they can totally be open to interpretation yeah. of what what on earth that meant, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so. and and honestly, it kind of started out as like a tool. Yeah, sure. Um, because it was like, all right, I have a verse. I have to say something different in the next verse. Uh, and so it's like, yeah, but, but in a way, like songwriting in general is kind of telling a story because the structure of the typical song is yeah, verse, which starts something. Starts the story. <laughs> Chorus says the feeling. Yeah. Second verse. Middle of story. On the story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, chorus reiterates the feeling bridge oh something different is now right, happening yeah. in the story and then chorus yeah finishes out the feeling because yeah. it all is the that same theme mm-hmm. so i mean telling stories through song has been an effective way of me sort of having songs happen yeah um but also it's a little bit of the insecurity of like i don't know like I'm 22. I don't have that much life experience, so it's not like I have that much to say about myself. Right. So I feel like if I'm telling more hypothetical stories of yeah, which is interesting because I think <laughs> it, I think that um maybe I think it. Well, yeah, I think it, at 22, I was to the point where like. I was sort of like, I was like making shit up like, <laughs> and starting to make shit up, but not, um, uh, but I wasn't making, I was making a lot of stuff up that I told, I'd still told as if it was me. Sure. Um, which was interesting. <laughs> like, and I think, and that's one of the interesting things about like, it's sort of the irony of, of, of young songwriters, like, is that like, you know, and it's it's not this isn't a criticism it's just an observation like that you know most of the students in class like you know are really they're very very caught up in sort of like this very like you know internal navel gazing like these are my feelings this is my experience this is my blah 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 like and and i think and and you know and to be fair like i mean i think the, there's a lot of reason a lot of us that's part of why we start doing it is mm. to be like i have these things that i have to express <laughs> them i yeah, have to yeah. say the things that i'm feeling so they don't eat me alive you know yeah, and yeah. and so but at the same time it's like and ironically you know we have you know almost no life experience to draw from relative to <laughs> you know relative to you know somebody who's you know 65 and still writing songs or yeah like and but i think that but that's but it also, yeah, I don't, and but that's that's just the way of things. That's just, <laughs> just I think that's just how we're how we're wired for yeah. whatever reason. Eventually, we start to figure out. Oh, I don't have to. It doesn't have to be me, me, me all the mm-hmm. time. And the reward of continuing to <laughs> write songs, you know, is is greater than feeling like you have to be sort of like focused on your own stuff constantly. And, and it's weird too, because I mean, I consider myself a a performer as well. Sure. And so the fact that even though I myself don't have these feelings of, I don't know, I wrote a song about like drug addiction. Mm -hmm. I don't do drugs. I like, I don't even drink coffee. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I saw where the emotional context was and I reached for it and I have seen things that people have said that have been involved in that. And sure. so it's like, I like expressing that emotion, even if it's not my own experience. Mm-hmm. And so part of my performance is kind of being an actor. Yeah, sure. The, oh, I'm sad in this situation. Yeah. Even though, it's not me, nor has it ever been me, or probably not ever will be me. Yeah, and that's. I think that's, <laughs> that's an interesting. Um, that's an interesting thing that, like, I feel like not people don't. That people we probably don't talk about it enough. Like, 
as the idea of like, you know, well, if you're going to perform your own songs, like let's really think about the idea of like, you know, what performance means and like, are you, you know, is there some, is there some place in there where you're going to have to be like, um, you know, I'm going to have to make a, a conscious choice to, you know, sing or do or act or this thing a certain <laughs> right. way in order to get across the idea that I'm trying mm -hmm. to communicate. And, um, it's funny how like there, I think there are people, I don't know, I don't know that you said this, but there are definitely people, you know, over the last, you know, five to seven years, you know, who they would, we would meet, we would get to know each other a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then they would come to a Dr. Pants show, mm -hmm. you know, and then they, and afterward they would be like, you know, gosh, you're just, I, you're so much different up there. Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I feel like I don't really know you. Like, and I'm like, well, that's why it's called performing. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> and, and I think that, and it took me a while to kind of, to, to grow into being the performer that I mm. have, am or have been for the past you know, I'd say 10 to 12 years, but like <laughs> I, but at the same time, like it's, it's just the more I thought about like, okay, how do I, how do I take, you know, this music I've written and really sort of, you know, bring it to life in the yeah. way where it, it makes the impact that I want it to. And the answer was, well, you, you just, you've got to beef up, like yeah. you've got to, you know, present it in such a way where it's like, it's clear that you know, th this, you know, mm -hmm. this exists or th it's, or it's somehow clear why, you know, even, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how clear anybody can be on the why of like you know, <laughs> certain songs that I write, but like, I mean, but at least like I've got to be up there, you know, making a case or like, why well, I, I believe in this ludicrous thing yeah. that I've, that I'm doing. So you should too. And that is an interesting <laughs> thing about music specifically compared to like lots of other different art forms. Like if right. you're, if you're a writer, you don't have to perform. Right. Yeah. You're writing. If you're a, a visual artist, if you're a no. painter or something, you don't have to perform yeah. that painting. You yeah. can feel the emotion and express it in that way, but you don't have to, uh, go back into that position yeah. to, to make it happen. And so yeah. music being a, a temporal thing, mm -hmm. we sort of do have to yeah. recreate that. And so, <laughs> yeah, and it's strange. I mean, there, there are moments where like, and, and some, and things about that and things about the idea of, um, sort of, it's, you know, there, it's funny where like I there there I go back and forth. There are moments where like I don't part of me doesn't even see the point in um continuing to perform uh like the same pieces of music like over and over again because it's like, well, we've kind of haven't we kind of we've kind of explored the <laughs> all the options yeah, there yeah. and like they we could probably put that to bed, but then and the at the same time, and there's part of me that's like, we should do more things that I, and I, the collective we, I don't know who we is, but like, we should do more things that are more spontaneous and improvised and are things that like, you mm -hmm. know, are brand new in the moment and this and that, whatever. And then, and then there are other moments where I'm like, I don't know if I see the point in improvising, like, because that you're not actually, you're not, you know, you know, you're not committing to like, I want to create this thing that looks like this and has these characteristics and like, is this for a reason? Like, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, and it's just, it's weird. I, I bounce back and forth between those extremes and yeah. every, but oh, cause ultimately like, especially, you know, up until now, like, you know, I've always been someone who like, you know, there are elements of the music I make that are composed. And then there are elements that i designed to be improvised mm -hmm. and you know even if it's just like oh with that guitar solo for eight bars or whatever it is like and and um then it's funny how like just the older i get the more like i have these moments where i'm starting where i where i question like oh, why do i do this part again like 
why do I why do I do it like that? Is mm-hmm. that really does that really you know do it? Is that really my creative work doing everything that I want it to do? Like and yeah and, yeah yeah and I mean because you know and there was a I mean there was a while there where like in twenty. 2014, like I made a conscious choice to sort of just not, you know, not do Dr. Pant shows for a while. And like, I didn't really have, you know, any ideas for, for songs per se. And I was just like, hey, maybe, you know, there was, I was like, maybe I'll, maybe next, you know, by the end of the year, I'll write a half dozen new Dr. Pant songs. But I was like, but I really don't think so. And, <laughs> and, and, and I didn't, but then of course, in, you know, the fall of 2014, I started grad school. And so like ended up, you know, being in a totally different creative space for mm-hmm. a good long while. But, um, but yeah, the, and, and so, but then here I, but then once I got out of grad school, I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I know that like this thing that we call Dr. Pant's should continue but but at the same time being aware that like oh it it will continue but it won't it won't necessarily look exactly like it has looked and and that's fine and um but yeah it's it's (laughs) yeah and and maybe eventually it i mean one of my favorite artists recently that I've been inspired by is uh, Moses Sumney. I don't know if you're I'm ever not familiar with um, him, but he he only has one album out, but he's been performing for like years now. Sure. Um, but every time that he performs, it is something just slightly different. Yeah. Something, yeah. and and it's really cool because I mean. One, there's a whole bunch of different versions of it on YouTube. Sure, yeah. And so like, oh, there's the album version of Quarrel, but then there's this version where instead of one harp, there's three harps and no other instruments. Uh. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then there's this other version where it's like with a saxophone and a guitar and a synth or something. And so it's like just simply in arrangement but also just what else that he can do with the music yeah. is is really cool and so um that's kind of something that I was looking at whenever I was preparing for this set is yeah. that, like oh my usual people that I have for my band uh weren't able to make it and right. so what can I do? <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and for me, that's well, and you know, it's funny how I've managed to go this whole podcast without m- mentioning Frank Zappa one time. Um, cause there that's, a, that's a, yeah. So here, <laughs> here it is, but you know, I mean, and of course he's an inspiration for me and a, and a, someone I look up to for all kinds of musical reasons. Um, but you know, he was one of those people who every time he went out on tour, you know, if he, a lot of times, if there was, a song like they went back to like and he went back to an older song from you know 10 15 years earlier like it would you know he would change up the arrangement he would do something different with mm-hmm. it oh now we have the reggae version or we have you know whatever <laughs> like and yeah. and it was and and he would and you know part of that was uh, you know probably to keep himself interested but mm-hmm. but then part of it was also like he felt like his audience were the kind of audience that like you know would always appreciate sort of mm. a new spin on things. And, yeah. And that's, yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to make myself more open to that because I, you know, sometimes with certain songs, like it's, well, it's kind of hard to let go of it being what it was because I really, really, really liked what it, what it was when, yeah, we, yeah. when we did it like that on the record and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, like, you know, especially, and especially if you are working with, with live musicians, like you have to, sort of be okay with the idea. I was like, well, they're inevitably going to screw with your thing anyway. And so, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay, so at least be open to the idea that like Mm -hmm. they might make it more interesting in some way, at least in that moment. And um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. So some of my rehearsals have been like in this part, do this ish. Yeah. But like, keep going i guess right yeah <laughs> sure yeah um yeah like you know donuts is one of those songs that i just you know i that i keep playing 
Mm-hmm. But like there have been all sorts of different versions of donuts now. Like every every configuration of the electric Dr. Pants band has played <laughs> it has played it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and I've done versions where like um with you know just two acoustic guitars and I've done a ver- uh, there's uh, you know I've done a version where like I just I just do the rap part and then I play the little melody on a melodica in between <laughs> like and you know and it's just and it's one of those songs that but I, and you know it's one of those songs that by its nature is a little bit malleable and you can yeah, yeah. and it doesn't have to be this you the point gets across almost no matter what but at the same time like you know, even just having had that experience with that song makes me a little bit more open to like, oh, yeah, we, yeah. you know, we could mess with some of the <laughs> other ones more and it wouldn't be too big a deal. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm sure people particularly enjoy receiving donuts. Uh, well, donuts. sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't care what it sounds like as long as he throws me a donut. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, given the time that it is yes and, uh, <laughs> thank you for doing this with me sure yeah it was really enjoyable um once again like it's it's a pleasure for me to have uh i mean it's not often that i get teachers but uh yeah. it's good to make friends because <laughs> true it's it's weird because um i don't know a lot of times you go to school and it's like, yeah, there's this teacher mm-hmm. side and then there's the friend side and yeah. those two never shall meet. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people that like, I kind of, I kind of look forward to, you know, in some ways, some of my students graduating because it's like, then it doesn't have to be weird anymore. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> like, oh, we can just talk and just be people and it, you know, it's not. It's not, there's not like, oh, but that person's my teacher is the, this is weird for some yeah, reason. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so yeah, like, and yeah, I totally get that. So, um, so one more time, plug your stuff. Uh, right. So drpants.com, D-O-C-T-O-R pants.com needs, it needs some work, but I'm getting to it. Uh, all the music, the best place to go is Bandcamp, which is drpants.bandcamp.com. Um, and then all the social medias. Facebook.com slash drpantsmusic, at drpants on Twitter, at drpants5 on Instagram and YouTube. Um, those are all the important ones. And then, yeah, and then Dr. Pants Full Electric Band at The Root on June 30th. Um, and there's other things after that. We're playing the Red Brick Nights in Guthrie in August. And then later in August, I'm back at the root, but I'm back at the root doing an acoustic duo show with Jared Lakites from Lunar Laugh, which I'm yes. really excited about. <laughs> um, I have all we've, we're we're already scheming about some of the things we want to do. So, um, uh, so yeah, and then hopefully, yeah, other things to come. But you know, not nothing else concrete that I can <laughs> plug right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and. So, lastly, I'm Santiago Ramones. And I'm David Broyles, Dr. Pants. <laughs> uh, you can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Go find it. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, on Stitcher, or straight through my website. Don't be can... like me. <laughs> Go listen to more podcasts. Um, and you can comment and leave reviews. Um because it's nice to know that people like it. it. I mean, at this point, it'd be nice to know if people were like, I don't like it. Right. Because, like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, I also make music. Uh, you can download my demo called Songs with Words. And uh, you can pay zero money or lots of money, whatever you want to do with that. I always end my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.